Frozen every drop of weakness I have inside of me And when I'm strong I'm dependent on The love that you show to me When my faith is born my heart's not cold There's warmth inside from you Who'd have thought that someone like me Could be loved by one like you My heart has changed but you never will Eternal life and love If you can't find what you're looking for then Just trust in the sun Salvation on my soul And where I go is where you're leading me And there your story's told I get it now, I should have got it then When you live for yourself, you're a slave to sin But God, His will, it will be done So trust in the Son you through it, no, your will just won't take you where you're going, well, you ain't gotta run, just trust in the sun.
struggles and every drop of weakness I have inside of me when I'm strong, I'm depending on the love that you show to me. Good morning. I think, yeah, there we go. How's that? Y'all kind of re- subdued this morning. I don't know. Did you get that, Justin? Yeah? All right. So I'm about to put them to sleep, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving week, and so I hope that, hope that you do get to spend time with family, and uh, I hope that you do count your blessings this week, and... Uh, Look on the side of more of what God's done than than this past year, and uh, I, I've said this before. I, I I may not have went in the direction 2020 took us, uh, but I do know each and every week we get comments from people that watch on Facebook Live uh, that maybe would have never ever been connected with church, and so. Uh, I know since March, Justin's worked real hard on on the sound and everything, and so that uh, comes across. and And so we we I believe have been able to reach a, a lot more people since March than maybe we would have if things would have been quote unquote normal in our book. And so uh, I'm thankful for these shoe boxes, and I do know that many of you, t- and, and Debbie and I elected to to do the shoe box online, so many of you have done that, and so wasn't it uh, something to be thankful for and count as a blessing just to see all those kids come marching in and see how cute they were and to know that that they're a part of that. And As I've said over the last couple of weeks, I'm thankful for Carrie and how she ministers to the kids and and the workers, and and just knowing that they're getting a, a solid foundation uh, right off the bat. It just we have a lot more to be thankful for uh, than than uh, than we have to to not be thankful for. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, then we'll get into to God's word. Lord, we love you. I pray that Debbie and myself would uh, stop this week and count our blessings. And, and Lord, I'm just uh, I'm thankful on our part that you've uh, been with Debbie's mom and aunt uh, during this time of uh, sickness. And, and Lord, you've been with them and you've brought them through. So we're thankful for that. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for the fact that uh, uh, we have a place to come, to feel safe, to know that we can worship you and, and, and be open with each other and transparent. I'm, I'm thankful for, for North Point and this family of people that you've brought together. Lord, I am thankful for those on Facebook that we may never, ever know or see uh, but thankful for an opportunity to 
to witness to, to minister to, and to love on, on those folks. And so, Lord, I just pray as, as we open your word today, I pray that you would keep our minds clear, that, Father, we would be open to you spiritually today, and that we would watch to see what you're doing. And so, Lord, I pray that we would, we would be able to keep distractions away and that Lord you would protect us from Satan as we as human beings try to connect with you God today and that's our that's our desire Uh, that's what we want to do that's our attempt today and so Lord, we pray your blessings in Jesus name amen Uh, we're going to be in Genesis starting in in chapter 6 so if you want to be turning to Genesis uh we're going to be looking at Noah today, and while you're turning in your book, I just want to say last Sunday uh, was very humbling for Debbie and myself. Uh, y'all did pastor appreciation last Sunday, and and you gave a book of letters that many of the members wrote letters to, to Debbie and myself, and so we went home and we read every letter and uh, shed a lot of tears, and so uh, last 14 or 15 years have been humbling for us. Uh, we've been been blessed and then some, and uh, we realize that. And uh, so uh, it, it, those letters uh, are worth more than gold to us. And so we appreciate it so much. And the fact, the, the fact that you love us and then the way that you love Debbie and myself is is just outstanding. And so... We love you guys back very, very much. And so Genesis chapter 6, starting with verse 9, going to be, as I do every Sunday, and I always say this, going to be reading a lot of scripture today. We're going to be starting in chapter 6 and go all the way through uh, Genesis chapter 8. And it's a story that we learn as kids. Matter of fact, Noah's probably one of the the main characters in the Bible that we study uh, as kids on into adults. Uh, and so in Genesis chapter 6, starting on verse 9, it says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Now, Notice this scripture here doesn't say that Noah was a sinless person, but it says he was a blameless person. He was a righteous man, and it goes on to say that he walked in a close fellowship with God. Now, that tells me, and we talk about that a lot here at North Point, we we see in Genesis, first book of the Bible, of a relationship between God and man. And that's what he's talking about when he talks about that fellowship. And I've said this many, many times as I was coming up and as I was in the church, uh, it was more about being in church than it was anything. And I was older, uh, more, I guess what you would say, an adult before I put a connection between the fact that we needed a relationship with God. 
Then once I started reading the Bible from that aspect, I saw from the very beginning that God's intention was for us to be relational with him and to have a real, meaningful, deep relation. And we see this now as it says the account of Noah, that he was a blameless person, he was a righteous man, and he walked in a close fellowship, a close relationship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. Now, you and I read the papers and we see TV. I can't imagine the world being more corrupt than we look today. But yet we see a room full of people here that we know our hearts beat as one as we want to follow God and as we live life with him as Lord and Savior. And so you look around and we see a large group of people that are like-minded and are following in his footpath. Now, this says that Noah was a righteous man. He was a blameless person, but yet all of the world, everybody else was corrupt. That's hard to conceive. So because of this, in verse 13, God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Now, That's how bad it was at that point in time. And as bad as we see it today, I believe with all my heart, it is not as bad today as it was then. Couldn't be. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. God was pretty specific with Noah, wasn't he? How many of you have been to see the the ark that they've reconstructed? Now, we read this, and some people, myself included, I'm not one that I I can get a visual on what it what it looks like. For those of you that have visited, it's something that Debbie and I would like to do, but we haven't done it yet. I'm sure that it is overwhelming. And yet we see that that God was so relational with Noah that he was very specific and said, Noah, this this is what I want you to do. Look, in verse 17, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. That's pretty drastic, is it not? But I will confirm my covenant with you, so enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male, a female, into the boat with you to keep alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for you, your family, and for all the animals. Look at verse 22. This is key out of chapter 6. So Noah did everything exactly 
as God had commanded him. See, he wasn't a sinless man, but he was blameless because of this fact that when God spoke to him, he recognized God and he was willing to do what God asked him to do. Now, I've seen stories, especially when I was little, and I don't know because it's not written here, but I'm sure this cat building a boat of that size when it was as dry as a bone got a lot of ridicule about it. But he continued to do, as it says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. And that's the key for Noah. That's the key for Jack Phillips. That's the key for G1 Youth. That's the key for you and I as we move forward. It doesn't matter if it's Old Testament or New Testament. The key is being able to know when God's speaking to us. And if you have a relationship with him, are y'all with me today? He will speak to you. Why am I confident of that? Because he has spoke to me. He has spoken to our staff. It's real. It's not a formula. It's not Santa Claus. It's real. And, and, and here's the reason that we preach it. Here's the reason that we teach it. We want everybody to be able to experience God in that way. That's what we're intended to do. It's not just about Noah. It's about you today, knowing about that relationship with God and knowing that he wants the exact same thing with you. And if you haven't. Chapter 7, starting with verse 1. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, Go into the boat with all your family, for among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. We get that picture again where God says out of all the earth that's populated at that time, he had one person that was faithful to him. It was Noah and his family. And I don't know what kind of pressures you have today, whether it's jobs, family. Uh, I do know that each and every day that we live, there is more pressure against the Christian faith. I do know that. I have seen that. And so with that pressure, the question will remain is how long do we stay faithful? How long do we stay plugged in? And hopefully, like Noah, it'll be if we are the last one. And he says that here. You alone are righteous. Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have proved for eating and for sacrifice. Take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Verse 4, chapter 7. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour down on the earth. And it will rain for 40 days and 40 nights till I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. Here we go again. Chapter 7, verse 5. So Noah did everything as the Lord 
commanded him. As I read these passages of scripture, definitely, especially since we had pastor appreciation and especially uh, as uh, Debbie and I read some of the letters, especially of the folks that have been with us pretty much from day one. And I look at this uh, as we look and it said, Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. I also pointed back to the fact that he was a blameless person, but he wasn't a, a sinless person. And I remember when North Point started and the, the images and the things that stirred within my spirit and within my mind, uh, I remember those conversations with God and, and shared this many, many times with you of, God, this doesn't make sense. And those daily conversations and those daily battles of, Lord, there's people that are more, way more qualified than me. Surely you've made a mistake. And as days went into months and as months went into years, to know that, that God was still pointing in that direction, it, it, it didn't make sense. And I read this with Noah, and I'm sure that even though it doesn't say that Noah had those, those, those times and those days when he goes, okay, Lord, I'm going to do, and I'm going to do what you asked me to do, but this doesn't make sense. And, and, and I can relate to that. I, I shared in a conversation with a gentleman this, this past week that's kind of struggling with feeling like maybe God's calling him into ministry or he don't know, but he wants to follow God. And, and so we, we talked and, and I looked at him and I said, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be sitting here and talking with you, encouraging. And it brings back memories to me when I used to sit in a vehicle with Budley Millwood and, and talk with him. I'm just on the other side now. And I said, the scary thing is for me when I was doing this, it, it was scary. And at the time, I said, you know, I, especially when I kind of gave in and I said, okay, God wants me to start a church. And then people found out about it and they'd come and they'd go, well, Jack, what's, what's, what's your vision? What's, a, what's church going to look like? Are you going to have Sunday school? Are you going to have a choir? Are you gonna, what's, what's it going to look like? And I would look at those people and go, I don't know. And that within itself would scare me. It would send, send chills down to my toes because at the time I thought, well, if God's given me a vision and I know that, if God's put something in my heart, I should, I should have the specifics. And here he, he was specific in, in things with, with, with Noah. But you also read in God's word when he's not specific, he just, he just sends you. And that's where I was in, in that time. And so people would ask, and I'd go, I don't know. And I'd be like, I should know. And today, looking back on it, and as I read scripture about uh, God's word being a lamp unto her feet and a light unto my path, I know that a lot of times when God doesn't make sense and when you don't know, it's just taking those steps of faith and doing what God says do. 
Debbie's not a perfect person, and I'm not a perfect person, but for the last 15 years, to the best of our ability, and in our human frailties, we've tried to follow God. Step by step, day by day. And I'm thankful that Debbie's been there to encourage me when things were low. Been there to kick me in the keister when I needed it. And she can do that well. Now, verse 6, this is one of those things a lot of theologians and a lot of people get get tied up in. It says Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. Was he 600 years old? I have no clue. I don't care. I believe that Noah was a man. I believe that he lived. I believe he had a relationship with God. I believe he built a very big boat. How old he was is of no concern to me. Did he live for 600 years? If he did, more power to him. I don't think I want to live 600 years. He went on board the boat to escape the flood. He and his wife and his sons and their wives with them were all the various kinds of animals, those approved for eating, those for sacrifice, and those that were not, along with all the birds and the small animals that scurry along the ground. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth, just like God had said. When Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. What did God say it was going to do? going to rain. No, this was before it ever happened. It's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And we read here in Genesis chapter 7, verse 12, the rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. That very day, Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his son, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives with him in the boat with the pairs of every kind of animal, domestic Wild, large, and small, along with the birds of every kind. Two by two, they came into the boat, representing every living thing that breathes. A male and a female of each kind entered just as God commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. I don't know if you get this or not, but I like this passage of Scripture. When they got on the boat, it said the Lord closed the door. For 40 days, the flood waters grew deeper, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. As the waters rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely on the surface. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on the earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks. All the living things on the earth died. Birds, domestic animals, wild animals, small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the people. Everything that breathed and lived on dry land died. God wiped out every living thing on the earth, people, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and the birds of the sky. All were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those with him in the boat. And the floodwaters covered the earth for 150 days. 
Now we get into Genesis chapter 8. And look at the first passage. You remember those two passages we read in 6 and then in 7 that Noah did exactly what God asked him to do? Then this leads into the very first scripture of chapter 8 and listen to what it says. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and livestock with him on the boat. That's a pretty neat passage of scripture. Wouldn't, wouldn't you love to, to hear or read or know that God remembered Jack Phillips? God remembered Tom Ramsey. God remembered Mark Chandler. God remembered Tommy White. Wouldn't that be awesome? He's God. Here's the fact as, as I'm saying that. Times in your life, the, the mountaintops and then the valleys of your life, it isn't written. You may not read it, but God has remembered you. If you have a heartbeat for him. And if you're serious in that desire to have a deep, meaningful relationship with him that goes beyond being dunked in a pool, that goes beyond having a church membership, that goes beyond looking good, looking like you're a Christian. I don't care what I look like. I want a relationship with him. You see, today I want to tell you something. I don't want to look like a married man. I want to have a relationship with Debbie Phillips. You know, I know, there's a lot of people that are married, they look married, but they don't have a relationship together. And that's the picture of people who go to church. They're in church. They, some people know the Bible better than other people, and yet they don't have a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm thankful that my book says that Noah was real. He was the real deal, and he's somebody that I want to emulate. He's somebody that I want to follow. He's somebody that makes me want to be better. Does it you? God remembered Noah and all the wild animals. He remembered them. Verse 2, the underground water stopped flowing and the torrential rains from the sky were stopped. So the flood waters gradually receded from the earth. Guys, I have no clue when COVID's going to end, but I'm a child of God and he's going to end it one way or the other come. Okay? And whether we have COVID or we don't have COVID, I'm going to be a God follower. I'm thankful for Noah and them that the flood ended. After 150 days, exactly five months from the time the flood began, the boat came to rest on the mountain of Arad. Two and a half months later, as the water continued to go down, other mountain peaks became visible. After another 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the boat and he released a raven. The bird flew back and forth until the floodwaters on the earth had dried up. He also released a dove to see if the water had receded and could find dry, dry ground. 
But the dove could find no place to land because the water still covered the ground. So it returned to the boat, and Noah held out his hand and drew the dove back inside. After waiting another seven days, Noah released the dove again. This time, the dove returned to him in the evening with a fresh olive leaf in its beak. Then Noah knew that the flood waters were almost gone. He waited another seven days and then released the dove again. This time, it did not come back. Noah was now 601 years old. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up from the, wor- from the earth. Look at this. On the first day of the new year, 10 and a half months after the flood began. Now, here's what I want to tell you. Since March to right now seems like an eternity, does it not? I, I look at 2020 as many of you and many of us have got just like, why? What's the deal? But we make this statement, we say God is still in control, sometimes even if we don't actually believe that God is still in control. Now, once again, I can contest to you that 2020 is a is a year that I would not have orchestrated and would, I certainly wouldn't have kept it this long. But I'm not God. And I don't even know the why. All I got to know is God is still in control. Just like he was with Noah. And the fact that because Noah was a real deal righteous man, God remembered him. And God was with him. Now then, it says, ten and a half months after the flood began, the flood waters had almost dried up. Noah lifted back the covering of the boat, saw that the surface of the ground was drying. So two more months went by. And at last, the earth was dry. So this is 12 and a half months of an ordeal that I'm sure for them probably felt like an eternity. And then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you, your wife, your sons, release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, the small animals that scurry along the ground, So they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah, his wife, and his sons and their wives left the boat. And all of the large and small animals of the birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Look at verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed his burnt offerings, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. The Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, which was a promise to them and a promise to you and I, and it kind of answers the question that we've already asked. I will never again curse the ground because of the human race. Even though everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood, I will never again destroy all living things. 
As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold, heat, summer, winter, day, and night. Verse 20, then Noah built an altar to the Lord. We read last week about David and Bathsheba and the fact that he was wanting Bathsheba's and his son to survive and he begged God to, for that to happen and did it happen? No, he died. And they were worried about David and yet the Bible says that after he come through out the other side, what did he do? He worshiped. Noah, after he comes through this, he comes out, he builds an altar and he worships. And if any of you, how many of you have gone through experiencing God? A lot of people, a lot of hands. If you've gone through experiencing God and you really connected with it, you understand there's a section in there about spiritual markers. This was a spiritual marker for, for Noah. That altar was a spiritual marker, a place he could go back in his mind, but also a place he could go back spiritually and know that the God of the heavens had been with him personally and made a difference. And I'm asking you today, are there spiritual markers in your life that you can see, that you can go back to? Every time Debbie and I go to Ridgecrest, there's not a time we don't go to Ridgecrest that, that we don't think of the Ridgecrest cabin, youth trips, salvations, meaningful experiences. That was another thing that I mentioned to this guy that we were talking about. I said, you know, we did a lot of things that cost a lot of money. And for most part now that, that we've gone and grown older, when I, I talk to the kids and say, what did you enjoy most? And I'm thinking it's going to be the big things, the most expensive things. 99% of them say when we used to go to Ridgecrest, and that was the cheapest thing we did. But some of the most meaningful times. Playing cards, playing backgammon, staying up late. Me singing to them to get them up every morning. And that was kind of like Amanda. It wasn't a good thing. <laughs> Sorry, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda, like you, I was intentional on singing bad, and I did. And, and they still remember that. Ministry continued. We go to the marriage conference. So every time we go to Ridgecrest, whether it's with the Band of Brothers or whether it's marriage, I, I see faces and places and things. Spiritual markers in my life and in yours. Should be. Matthew chapter 11, verse 15. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus was talking at this time and, and, he, and, he, and he encouraged his disciples, if they had ears, to, to hear, to listen, and to understand. 
It, it, it's a big difference sometimes to hear and then put it together to where it makes sense, but that's the encouragement that's there. And then Matthew chapter 28, starting with verse 18, it's a passage that we read a lot here. Matter of fact, I, I think I read it last week. We, we see in the Old Testament where God was specific with Noah. He, he, he told him how large to build the boat. And sometimes we wonder, and yet when he left, he gathered with his disciples. And in Matthew chapter 20, 28, starting with 18, Jesus told, came and told his disciples, I've given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You and I know full well what we're to do today. A, we're to be the real deal. We're, we're not to look like this world. We're to be different walk to the beat of a different drummer and as we walk make disciples share the good news be the hands and feet of Jesus and when we come in contact with people them see are y'all with me because I'm fixing to close here's what unbelievers see in a lot of people Two things. They see church or they see relationship. And I'm hoping and praying if you're part of North Point, when you go through those exit signs, when you go to work, when you're around your family, when you're around your friends, I'm praying that they see relationship. I'm praying that they see somebody that's blameless. Not sinless, but righteous. And their heart beats after God. That's my prayer. And I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't miss this, because was God, was God with Noah did he do exactly what he said he would do? Did he, did he remember Noah? That same God in the New Testament said, when you go to do these things that I want you to do, and that's to go and make disciples, he didn't finish there. He said, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now then, Every act of God builds on the past with a view toward the future. And there's two statements in experiencing God. Here, here's what I want you to know. Whether you see it, whether you know it, come, come Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're not here at North Point, you're not around other Christians, God is always at work around you, always. 
the, the deeper your fellowship with him, the deeper your relationship with God, the more you see that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then the last reality, and, and I've shared, if you've ever gone through experiencing God, most Christians never get, there's seven realities in experiencing God. Most Christians never get to the seventh reality. The seventh reality, the first one is God is always at work around you. That's, that's easy and a given. The seventh one says this, you come to know God by experience as you obey him. Now let me ask you this question. We, we're in 2020. Did Noah come to experience God because of the way he obeyed God? You betcha. And because of that, it deepened his fellowship. It strengthened his relationship with God. And if that can happen in Genesis, if that can happen with Noah, surely it can happen with you. You come to know God by experience. What I mean by when I say most Christians, there's a lot of people that I have been in church with that are in church, period. They know the rules and the regulations. But they don't have a walk. You come to know God by experience as you obey him. And he accomplishes his work through you. That's the challenge today. His work. What is that? Matthew chapter 28. Starting with verse 18. Go make disciples. And then he doesn't finish there. You remember when I was with Noah? You remember when I was with Abraham? You remember when I was with Isaac? You remember when I was with my son Jesus? I'm the same God that'll be with you. My question today is, do you have those spiritual markers? Have you developed those spiritual ears? When God speaks, you know it's him. I want that for you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Noah. I thank you for the fact that you say He was a righteous man. So much so that you trusted him. So Lord, we today want to be those those type of people. So Lord, I, I don't know every individual in every situation, but Lord, I pray that your spirit would be heavy in this place today. And you would speak to us and piggyback on piggyback on your word from last week to this week to help us to see our sin to know our sin to want to separate from that to to a point of being like Noah to where we're plugged in and we know what you want us to do Lord I pray that we would worship with pure hearts today and give you everything that we got with a thankful heart God I ask that in Jesus name Amen